0: And welcome to the Testudo Times podcast, the fifth episode of our new edition, where if we were corrupt sports executives who made our fortunes through sports bribery and racketeering, if we bought $4,000 a month penthouse apartments at the Trump Towers in Manhattan, we would not use them for our cats, but we would for our turtles. I'm joined by only one person tonight, sadly, because everybody else is watching the Entourage movie, which is surprising. Maybe they needed to watch a Something a bit cleaner after spending all
1: the day tracking FIFA. Uh, Pete Volk. hi Pete. Hi. I, uh, I actually have a minor correction. It was a six thousand dollars. Was it six
0: thousand? Uh, I, I wrote <gasps>
1: about it today, so you, uh, you underestimated Chuck Blazer's ability to care for his cats.
0: Just as a spoiler, I've known about this this cat apartment thing for probably six months since I'm a pretty big soccer fan. So I, I track. I was practicing the delivery of that joke <laughs> for at least a week, and then I screwed it up naturally that's just the way it goes but we've got a lot of maryland things to talk about it's been two weeks since we last had a show and surprisingly everything has happened since then so we're going to start by talking about transfers because this is a maryland podcast and there was a maryland podcast where we didn't talk about transfers then i don't know what maryland would be doing they must have been taking an off day uh we have to talk about the quarterback transfer dax garman not gorman as uh maryland's official twitter said accidentally I was wondering if you were a relative of Mike Gorman, but anyway. Uh, Pete, let's talk about him for a second because we kind of thought we would see a quarterback transfer. But we didn't think it would be somebody like him or who this guy is because not many of us know. So who
1: is Dax Garman? To be honest, I expected it to be someone along the lines of Dax Garman. Uh, Dax Garman, besides having perhaps my favorite name in all of college football.
0: I, I uh, noticed your tweets recently.
1: Yeah, he he really, his, his parents had an inside track to my heart when they <laughs> named him. Um, but he he's the kind of guy that perfectly suits Maryland's needs. They have a guy that they'd like to be the starter in Caleb Rowe. Um, but they don't have much behind him in terms of people who they feel comfortable uh, playing a significant amount of time at quarterback if that needs to happen this year. Um, so they'd like someone who could challenge Caleb Rowe for the starting spot. And there are only a few of those guys out there. Um, you know, quarterbacks move a lot because there's only one who plays at any given time. Uh, but just in terms of the kind of guys who could compete at that level, uh, a lot of them like Everett Golson went to Florida state, Jake Rudock went to Michigan. Um, You know, they were going to kind of bigger programs that had the same kind of playing time opportunities. So a guy like Garmin is someone who's not at the level of either of those guys. He uh, started seven games, I believe, at Oklahoma State last year. Um, He was a low three-star coming out of high school in Texas, at a good Texas program, committed to Arizona, then went to uh, transfer to Oklahoma State from Arizona because they switched over to Riverside. Rodriguez pro style. So he went to Oklahoma State um, with former Maryland quarterback's coach Mike Gundy, a little bit of Maryland coaching staff trivia for you right there. Um, and he was the backup to JW Walsh, uh, who's a more dual threat kind of starter. Garman was considered the more pocket passer of the two. Uh Walsh got hurt, and Garmin was the only one there to take over because the other two players were freshmen who were redshirting. Uh, and so Garmin uh played pretty well at the beginning and uh, you know, It was thought that he would just hold on to the job until the end of the year, led them to a victory over Texas Tech. But things kind of fell apart. Um, he struggled with his consistency. I mean, he has a cannon, but uh, kind of similar to Caleb Rowe, he's had a little trouble locating it, uh, especially he has trouble in the underneath game. And that's uh, you know that would have been a problem with uh, Stefan Diggs, and Maryland still has some shifty wide receivers in Laverne Jacobs and Tavon Jacobs. But you know, with Rowan Garman, I wonder if they're going to go to a more vertical game. So regardless, he struggled towards the end of the year at Oklahoma State, and Mason Rudolph, who is a highly touted freshman, Mike Gundy ended up burning his redshirt two games before the end of the season to play him. So he he did well. Uh, he's going to probably, I would imagine, start this year, although J.W. Walsh, not sure if he's back. Regardless, not an Oklahoma State podcast. Dex Garmin should compete with Caleb Rowe for the starting job, but I expect Rowe to win it out. That is the most
0: Oklahoma State talk we will ever hear on this podcast. It's I true. can assure you of that. We're not playing them in basketball anymore. So with Caleb Rowe now, he needed stiff competition. Somebody, a warm body, because Perry Hills was probably not going to be it. We saw that last year that eh, Caleb Rowe needed somebody to to give him some competition, some pressure from the backside. Do you expect we see a quick trigger with Row? Because I, I think everybody expects Rowe to be the guy and the first couple of games are going to be easy. But if it goes wrong, say we get into the West Virginia, the Michigans, probably the Ohio State will go wrong, do we expect a quick hook with Roe, or they're going to ride it out with him?
1: I think it all depends on what happens in fall camp. Um, It depends on how quickly Dax Garman is able to learn the offense. And, of course, it, it depends on what kind of offense Mike Loxley is going to be running with a very different kind of talent at quarterback on both at, at both positions at the top of the depth chart um so you know it's hard to say right now i imagine just going off of what randy etzel has shown in the past when he picks a starting quarterback he generally sticks with it um cj brown and caleb bro traded off last year but that was in some part due to injuries to brown and also there was a prolonged level of poor play before caleb bro started seeing time uh, I imagine that's what would have to happen.
0: So talking about the offense, I think that's an important question as we get into something else that's happening with there's more transfers away. This shift in offense we saw a lot of spread read option stuff because Maryland had dual threat quarterbacks that could run. And Caleb CJ Brown was obviously a little bit better running than he was passing. So how do you see them adapting this to a more of a pocket game when you have different kind of weapons at running back and now a vastly different looking wide receiving core?
1: Yeah, it's, it's pure speculation. I don't have any knowledge of what Mike Loxley and Randy Etzel are planning, but looking at the roster, you have to think that they're going to go, um, to a more vertical kind of passing game. They didn't have that threat with C.J. Brown, and they do have it with Caleb Rowe and Dax Garman, who are both quarterbacks who really like to throw the deep ball. Um, and Maryland has players who can stretch the field. in Tavon Jacobs, who's incredibly fast. Juwan Winfrey, who has size and speed. And Will Almer and Tao, two guys who, if they can improve with their hands, can really be special deep threats for a quarterback who can chug it deep. Um, and with a, a growing offensive line as well, um, you would think that Maryland's passing game, at the least, should be able to improve. Um, the question is how they work the running game into that, because Maryland does have capable running backs in West Brown and Brandon Ross. They're a little light there after the transfers of Albert Reed and Vay. So um, I imagine we're going to see, unless they add some some players at that position, we're going to see less two halfback sets. We're going to see less of the read option, I would imagine, for sure just because of mobility issues at the quarterback position. And I think that could work out quite well for Maryland's offense.
0: One wide receiver who won't be here, though, is Marcus Leak. And that was a mildly surprising announcement when we heard he was going to transfer. Uh, if you have any knowledge as to why that happened, obviously we'd love to hear it. But what does that mean for the wide receiving core? I mean, now that you've lost Leak, Diggs, and Long from last year, even though it's a still exceptionally deep group... Three serious hits. That's got to be something that's going to show itself on the
1: field, hasn't it? Yeah, you would think. Uh, you know, As to the reason why I left, I don't have anything beyond the personal reasons that were given um, by during the official release. But looking at Maryland's receiving stats from last year, they lose their top four receivers. Stefan Diggs, Dion Long, Marcus Leak, and Jaquille Bay. Um, and that's a pretty significant hit. You know, Maryland still has three really good options, or seemingly really good options, in Laverne Jacobs, Tavon Jacobs, and Jawan Winfrey. And without a doubt, those should be the three that start, um, or at least are heavily favored to start. But Leak was supposed to be the number one guy. And while Winfrey seems to be a more than capable replacement, when you start losing more and more players at the position, your depth really gets chopped down. And so the second unit for Maryland now looks a lot more questionable than it did a month ago. So if injuries happen at the unit, and it's a it's a position where injuries can certainly happen, as Maryland has seen in the past few years. Don't remind me. You might get into trouble. Don't remind me. Uh, Another
0: player that transferred away, and this one I I can't tell which one was more spicy, but DeAndre Payne, who was the Tennessee transfer that was going to help stabilize the secondary, he now is not going to be coming to Maryland this fall. Another surprising transfer, and. secondary depth was already something that we were worried about going into the future. Now you have to be incredibly concerned past this year what the secondary is going to look like. Already with the changes we've seen on the defensive front, the secondary is going to be an area that in the next couple of years, man, Maryland's going to have to recruit strong in that area
1: or else it could get pretty ugly. Absolutely. You know, Payne was only in College Park for four months, but while he was there, uh, he at least recruiting pedigree wise was by far the most talented underclassman in the defensive backfield. Um, Maryland looks like they're going to have a strong secondary this year. They return a lot of experience. Um, bring back AJ Hendy who missed last season is a very talented defensive back and he's going to finally start, uh, at safety. It looks like, right. And, And, uh, but after that, you know, all of them are upperclassmen. Three of them are seniors. And, uh, there's not really many William, answers. William
0: Likely has possible pro aspirations that we could you could easily see him leave after next year.
1: You know, I I don't think that's much of a threat just because of his height. Really? Um, yeah. There's a chance if he has an amazing year, but he's 5'7", and that's that's really pushing it um, for an NFL DB. So I think that Maryland will likely <laughs> did not mean to do that. Four, oh, sure you four did. Four years, of, sure you did. Four years of him, uh, but. You know they really have to hit on Trayvon Diggs, and he's going to announce July fourth, and uh, that that really could make or break Maryland's secondary of the future, or make it a lot easier, at least, for them to try and fill some holes
0: uh quickly do you have any insight do you think he's going to be coming to maryland we've heard a lot about the movement i got to mention it now just before we move on to other things do you think he's going to come to maryland so what's your best guess
1: it's tough um my guess has been and currently still is maryland but um you know a lot of people feel very confident in his feelings towards alabama he has proclaimed the tide as a leader and you know despite his family ties and his ties to the movement and Dwayne haskins and all that it's really hard to uh, say no to Nick Sagan. And uh, he's produced an unbelievable program there, and the, the lure is there for a lot of local talent. And there's also the opportunity to try and make something of your name, not where your brother went. And Maryland, I think, does have to kind of battle against that a little bit. But um, I still like their chances, but it's going to be a nervous few weeks.
0: And that's something we forget about fighting a gag against your sibling's name at a particular school. Let's move on to a sport that's considerably more cheery. Baseball. Has anybody ever said that before the last two years? Uh, I'm gonna probably guess no. My, my Maryland. My Maryland sports knowledge beyond what I've seen at my in my three years is pretty slim in the major sports, let alone the non-revs. Uh, so, baseball, we all stayed up till 2 a.m. last night watching that game, and they've beaten the number one overall seed in the entire country, UCLA. How much fun is it to watch this team right now?
1: Oh, it's great. Um, you know, <laughs> I, I grew up a baseball fan, and when I went to Maryland, they were terrible. Um, but you could tell this was when Backage was coaching, that he was building something there. And, and for Coach Chef to just take it to another level, I don't think anyone could have expected that. Uh, You know, Backich was an excellent recruiter. He was, uh, I believe, the one responsible for bringing David Price to Vanderbilt. And he instantly gave Maryland top 25 recruiting classes for a poor program, which was impressive. Now John Sheff has turned that into just a consistent program. I mean, this is the second straight year that Maryland has made its way into the tournament. And this just really, really just surprised folks knocking off big-time teams.
0: Last year it was South Carolina who were defending national champions, and this year it's UCLA who were the number one seed in the entire tournament. I mean, in terms of as a baseball fan, I'm a Mets fan, so baseball and I haven't agreed a lot until this year uh, for just pure health reasons. But in terms of just watching these players, guys like Lamont Wade, how much fun has he been to watch? It's it's great to see a Maryland athlete that's genuinely exciting. And then that throw to home last night to gun someone down. That was incredible. You're thinking, is this a Maryland athlete doing that?
1: I mean, we, we... I, I will tell you that I watched that over and over and over again at the office this morning.
0: Oh, well, of course we did. We need to have good things. You know, and you're hearing about him as a pro prospect. And Maryland's had some pro baseball players go pro. I can't remember the names off the top of my head. But now you're hearing guys like Lamont Wade could be drafted pretty highly. And you're just thinking, again, wait, didn't this team not make the tournament from 1971 to 2014? Wasn't it just sort of the program that existed because Maryland needs to have a baseball program kind of yeah, thing?
1: You know, you see, saw it over the years uh, littered around a little bit. Players like Eric Milton and Justin Maxwell and Brett Cecil. But, you know, I, you really got to think that in five, ten years, you're going to start seeing a lot more Maryland players make it up to the major leagues with how this is going. That's
0: exciting. That's another sport I can actively root for Maryland players in, other than soccer and football and, and basketball. And there aren't many in the NBA right now, so you got to pick something. Uh, they're playing Virginia again in the Super Regionals, because of course they are. Have to beat the the old ACC team. Last year they lost in three games, and they they split the first two. I think got blown out in the third, I think was how it worked, but I'm not entirely sure Uh, in terms of, I'm not an in-depth knowledge. I don't have a lot of in-depth knowledge on this team. I wish I did. Uh, do you think they can beat Virginia? They didn't last year. I hope they do this
1: year. It would be great. Oh, you know, I'm going to say yes. Beat Virginia. Let's do it.
0: Come on, Maryland. Do it. And it'll be a much closer trip than going all the way out to LA. That was the most entertaining part of last night is you're up at 150 in the morning. And anytime Maryland (laughs) does something, you hear like the golf clap. Like, just a few people were clapping, and then by the end you heard the the Let's Go Maryland chants because it was at UCLA and there aren't many Maryland people who are going to go to baseball at (laughs) UCLA. Let's be honest. If it was basketball or football, I might do it, but baseball, it was a bit of a blush. I don't know when those games start. I think they start next week, maybe. Maybe the end of this week. I wish we had somebody else on to talk about baseball in more detail, but they're all watching the Entourage movie, as I said. So I think we're going to get to questions. This might be a bit more of an abbreviated podcast, but... There's something our Alex Kirshner, somebody who is actually watching the Entourage movie, tweeted out last night. I don't have an obsession with the Entourage movie. It's just a good joke. So we had the great quarterback comparison game. You like playing those games, right, Pete? Sure. The blind the blind player A, player B, team A, team B. We all love that during the NCAA tournament when we're picking bubble teams. So player A, uh, in quarterback comparison... 13 career games, a 1.2 interception ratio, 7.7 yards per attempt, and a 127.1 quarterback rating. Of course, this is the college rating scale, not the pro one. Player B, 25 games, so double the uh, sample size, 6.8 yards per attempt, 1.28 interception ratio, 120.1 rating. So (laughs) you're probably wondering, who are these quarterbacks that he's talking about? And since it's Alex, it has to do something with Maryland. Player A is Caleb Rowe. And player B is Christian Hackenberg. Now, we all love Christian Hackenberg at, at uh, Testudo times. Uh, it's interesting because we all kind of thought that Caleb Rowe was the knight in shining armor that's going to save Maryland's quarterback position for being awful, and then he tears his ACL. But talk a little bit about this comparison. I know the sample sizes are a bit iffy and offenses are a bit iffy, but is it an apt comparison, you think? Because Christian Hackenberg's got pro potential.
1: It, it is in no way an apt comparison. Just I would, caution, I would caution anyone against thinking that Caleb Rowe will be the savior of uh, Maryland's football no, program. No, 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 that
0: was the last podcast. We talked about oh, that on the God. last show. We, we already did that. But don't you find that to be a bit interesting? Again, sample yeah, sizes yeah. are obviously the big deal, but...
1: I, I find it interesting to a degree. I think Caleb Rowe has um, done some things well in his brief time playing quarterback at Maryland. They have come in situations that make it hard to extrapolate that data over a larger sample size. You know, he's playing a lot in garbage time, or occasionally when people were injured. But um, Christian Hackenberg has, I guess, Caleb Bro has too. But Christian Hackenberg has played with some really bad offensive lines. And, yeah, Barrel's uh, is kind we'll of see. the king of that. <laughs> we'll see how it continues to go. But uh, I, I. Don't have the exact numbers in front of me, but I would imagine that between those games, Hackenberg has faced considerably tougher tests on defense, considering the amount of times that Roe has played against teams like James Madison, because that's when uh, the backups were coming in.
0: Richmond, this year. so you're saying he's not going to be playing like he would play against Richmond in every single game?
1: Well, you know, let's let's hope he plays better because uh, he threw an interception against James Madison last year.
0: Oh, God. Let's let's not do that. Okay, so let's now get to questions, and the trick we've now learned, and we have to do this for more often for all future <laughs> podcasts, say that we need one question before we start recording the show, and then everybody
1: starts sending in questions. So You're not supposed to tell them the secret, man.
0: Well, you see, it's fine, because then we can goose it a little bit more. And we can always find new ways to make that. We can have giveaways, and when we do weekly podcasts, things will be fun. Okay, anyway. uh, Sean Michael at Sean underscore Michael underscore DC asks, Can you put the Maryland victory over UCLA into perspective? Many of us aren't familiar with college baseball. Spoiler, Sean. Neither are we. But (laughs) we kind of talked about it already. It's a program that was moribund for the better part of three decades. We can try and make a
1: basketball or football yeah.
0: Okay. Comparison. I'm to think about it.
1: I'm trying to think of one right now. I think for basketball, let's start there. Yes. It would be something along the lines of Boston College being like a six seed, seven seed, maybe in the tournament. They were really beating... good at
0: one point in the few, in the past.
1: Right, but let's say now. I mean, yes. If you can think of, how about. I mean, it's. I think DePaul is a little mean to Maryland, but you you get the idea. It's a team that has not been very good in a, in a in a while, and uh, they beat a team like Kansas, a one seed in like the elite eight. It's that big of a deal.
0: It's pretty big in the college baseball circles. You could tell uh, yeah. with with the way it was going. There was some crazy college baseball stuff. I think a lot more people are interested in it now than uh, before at uh, Maryland underscore Sam, Sammy C asks, I think we talked about this on a previous show, but we can do it again. Is there a chance if there's a bad year for the Terps football this year, is Randy Edsel gone? I think we talked about that last week and how kind of how uh, Dwayne Haskins is a bit of the uh, penicillin for that, which is kind of given this year as a bogey year. But so. to answer
1: Sam's question, yes, there is a chance. It would just have to be a really bad year. How bad? Uh, four wins or less.
0: Four wins or less. Ooh, that's like, when
1: the chance begins.
0: That's when the chance begins, and if it if that happens, then that's not an entirely out of the wood scenario. That's possible. How big of the how big would the chance be? Do you think?
1: Uh, you know, obviously it goes up as the win number goes down. But let's say they go four and eight. I would put his chances. It would depend. I expect a contract extension to be announced before this season. Um, so it would depend on the terms of that. But assuming it's a contract extension that makes the most sense for Maryland, which would be one that allows them wiggle room just in case the season does go bottom-up, I would say if he goes 4-8, it's like a 60% chance he's gone.
0: Really? That's that's higher than I would have expected. Oh, well, could be interesting. Here's a good one. Uh, Football is following this. A finance guru, John Levine, on Twitter asks, What's your football over-under win guesses? I think we're going to set the over-under at five. It's four and a half.
1: is the Vegas
0: one, so I was close. You taking the over on that?
1: Yeah, I'll take the over on four and a half.
0: But that would mean five, right?
1: Uh, yeah, I would not take the over at five and a half. I would not bet. But four and a half... I would definitely take the over. I I'm think gonna, Maryland will win more than four games.
0: I'm gonna so, by that you mean five. I'm gonna say six because I'm wildly optimistic, or maybe it's just because, you know what? I've seen maybe because I, I want Randy Edsel to stay on just so people can uh, get at him more. It's, it's if we're it's giving something to talk about on this show.
1: If we're giving a, a real win number, I I do think that six is the most likely. But I was just going based on what the actual Vegas over under is. I say well, you don't over. encourage gambling on
0: this show because you can't gamble anywhere other than Vegas.
1: Oh, I encourage gambling. Go gamble. It's fine. So so you're like you Brent Musburger,
0: places. So you're like Brent Musburger, but not subtle. Yeah, sure. <laughs> oh, oh
1: God. Except right. in Maryland it is not legal. There are states where you can gamble online legally. You cannot okay. do that. Okay.
0: Basketball question, let's talk about this at Josh Weber at uh, Salisbury United asks projection on who Turge might land to fill the quote red shirt big man role after the VCU kid. He's uh, referring to George, I think George Larrier or Larrier went to UConn. So let's talk about that briefly. Uh, He went to UConn, Maryland was recruiting him. Never really. There was a great shot that he was going to come here. If he did, it would have been really, really cool. But let's talk about that for just briefly. Uh, What did you make of them going after a player like him when it's abundantly clear that this team's pretty dang good already do they need anybody else or is this more future well, planning in mind
1: it's definitely future planning because he would not have been able to play this year um so he he was a guy who was going to sit out and play the next season and i believe we had a question later on about what are the chances uh, all five maryland starters get drafted um and the fact that that's a question tells you a little bit about yeah. what's going on with maryland 2016-17 which is There's a whole lot to replace. Lehman's gone
0: for sure. Mellow Trimble's going to go to the NBA. Suleiman's graduating. Diamond Stone, there's a chance. It depends on how good he is. Do you think he's got NBA prospects
1: immediately? Okay, we'll answer that question now as well. I think that after this season, four Maryland starters will be drafted. And the one that isn't is Robert Carter Jr. Although there's a chance that he goes as well. I mean, all five of them could be gone. I do not expect Diamond Stone to be at Maryland for more than one year, although it is possible. Um, and with Larry, I mean, they need to start adding bodies, and there's only so many you want to add that are, like, straight out of high school. So you want to start seeing the transfer market kids that you recruited out of high school, as Turgeon did with Larry. But um, back to Maryland's lineup, yeah, I believe that Trimble will be drafted, Suleiman will be drafted, Lehman will be drafted, and Stone will be drafted. If Carter has a fantastic year, which people are talking about, he could be drafted as well. But um, Andrew, who follows the NBA more than me, tells me that the NBA doesn't care as much about size at the power forward position as they used to. Um, and if Carter can hit the three like people say he can, then, yeah, they'll draft him.
0: And finally, we have to ask this question because of what happened last night. Uh, variety Drizzle at the real Nat Cap on Twitter asks, What is the Terps' biggest ever hashtag display of poor taste? If you don't know what that was, uh, Pete, first of all, explain that from last night. Last night being Monday night, we're recording this Tuesday.
1: Yeah, the during the baseball game, uh, Lamonte Wade made an incredible throw from center field, uh, nailing a runner at home, only a UCLA runner. And Maryland's catcher, excited at the incredible play his teammate made, spiked the ball and jumped. And uh, the UCLA baseball Twitter account admonished him for enjoying the sport he plays, uh, calling it a display of poor taste.
0: Oh, so what is the biggest uh, hashtag display of foretaste? I think we all kind of know what the answer is to this.
1: It's probably the, I I mean, at least in recent Maryland history, I guess it depends who you ask. You know, I, I am not a taste arbiter. So I'm just going to go ahead and guess what a taste arbiter might say. The ta-
0: I know what the taste arbiter is going to say, too.
1: It, you know, some taste arbiters would say uh, some of Maryland football's uniforms, which I love. We all love. So uh, it depends. i can ignore them. The,
0: the, the ones but, that debuted against Miami, I have to be honest, I was not committed to Maryland at this time. I thought they were butt ugly. Uh, but some of the newer ones with the hand-painted flag, the waving effect, those are awesome.
1: Uh, uh it's obviously the the penn state handshake ordeal yes we all know what it. people would point to let's, i let's of not course i'm of it. in i in favor of it so i'm not someone who feels comfortable saying that it's display of poor taste or the greatest display of poor taste
0: oh there uh, are probably many more displays of poor taste can i uh say rock and roll part two <laughs> uh I, that's yeah. it's song by a convicted child molester that that's pretty uh poor taste <laughs> There you go. I, I'm not opposed to the. I wouldn't be opposed to the song if it wasn't made by somebody who is a heinous human being. I'm just saying.
1: That is the true. Hey,
0: the N. All the NHL teams that used it as their goal song all got rid of it, even though some of them are still doing it, like the a acapella, which I know we do, but still. Guys, can we tone it down with that? Just, just, just for a bit. It doesn't give us particularly good rap. But the Penn State thing was something that I was that I thought was going to be said. I loved it though because Maryland won and backed their talk up. So how is it bad taste if you win and back up your smack talk? <laughs> uh,
1: we we actually have two more questions. I don't two know more. If you saw them. I did so not we see got, them. Let's go. We've got one from Willem, and I'm sorry if I pronounced his last name wrong. Claybor. Um, he says, I know Roe is a favorite to start, but. How certain are we that Dax will see the field this season? I'm um, pretty
0: certain it's going to happen at least once. Yeah, second yeah, half absolutely. against Richmond.
1: Dax Garmin did not transfer to Maryland to not play. Um, I mean, Randy Etzel is not going to play him just because of that, but he will play at some point, even if it's just against Richmond, like Matt said.
0: Or in the um, second half against Ohio State when Maryland's losing sixty to three.
1: James Dorsett asks <laughs> about <laughs> it's going to about the greatest opposition. My other teams to Maryland for the Big Ten and NCAA title. Um, I think that the big teams in the Big Ten are Michigan State and Purdue, probably. Indiana
0: just got a... Who is it? They just got a Michigan transfer today.
1: People have talked about Indiana and Michigan, and I will believe it when I see it. Because people have talked about Indiana and Michigan in previous years.
0: Oh, okay. And uh, And nationally... Those coaches struggled.
1: Yes. Sorry. And nationally... Uh, nationally, you know, it's got to be Kentucky-Duke-Carolina. Duke, it's going to be a fun year.
0: Oh, boy. Well, the, we'll, get our, we'll get our first taste because of Carolina. I, I, I can see it now in my head that we are April 2016, and Maryland is playing Duke in either the Final Four or the National Championship game. Either way, the strip mall that is the town of College Park will be on fire. And it will be a great way to go out my senior year. I'm very excited to see that. Anyway, that's the show. It was an interesting one because it's the first one we've done with only one guest. But thanks, Pete. It was great to have you on.
1: Always a pleasure,
0: Matt. We will be doing this again relatively soon. Remember, you can catch the show on iTunes, Testudo Times, and also on SoundCloud as well. Last time I didn't hit the RSS feed button. Sorry. That's why it didn't upload immediately. But I will make sure not to do that tonight. Uh, Also, you can follow me at Matt's Musings 1, and I encourage you to do so. You can get tweets on FIFA and hockey and maybe Maryland at some point as well. Uh, For all of that, hopefully you are having a good day. Go Terps in the Super Regionals. And by the way, I have to mention one thing about Maryland men's lacrosse. The Buffalo Bills, San Jose Sharks, and Washington Nationals thrown in a blender with their failures at the big game level. Sorry, I had to say it. At least the women won. So uh, thanks for joining us. Hope to see you next time, and until then, of course, go Terps!